Welcome to the Interculturally of Council podcast. My name is Jerry Weber, and I'm your host. The aim of this podcast is to raise the awareness of legal professionals of the need for intercultural competence in their daily practice. Regardless of whether one works in a law firm, for a government agency, in a company, or as a sole practitioner, the globalized world in which we live requires us to interact with clients, colleagues, companies, and government entities from other cultures. An awareness of our own cultural imprint, along with the ability to recognize the cultural patterns of others, can go a long way to improving how we work together. I will be interviewing experienced legal professionals working in different capacities around the world to learn what tips they can give practitioners for improving how they work and communicate with other cultures in the legal context. Welcome to episode 14 of the Interculturally of Council podcast. Today I am happy to welcome Francesco Portolano as my guest. Francesco is based in Milan, Italy, and is a name partner with the firm Portolano Cavallo, a leading boutique firm specializing in the digital, media, and technology sectors. Portolano Cavallo also is expanding into the life sciences field. Francesco's work focuses on mergers and acquisitions and his expertise comes from many years of advising international clients in the media sector. Francesco studied law in Italy and began practicing for an international firm in Rome. He then spent three years in Chicago, Illinois, where he worked at a firm and studied for an LLM at the University of Chicago. His time in the U.S. taught him a very pragmatic, solution-oriented approach to legal problems. He returned to Italy and started his firm 16 years ago. During our interview, Francesco shares his observations about how the ever-changing technology field challenges lawyers to come up with creative solutions to legal problems, as the legal framework often cannot keep pace with the changes in the industry. He also talks about how Portolano Cavallo works hard to adapt their methods of giving advice to fit the needs of digitally focused clients. Francesco also shares with us his insights into the value that studying or working abroad brings to becoming a better local lawyer. By learning to understand the legal system and customs of another place, a lawyer becomes more adept at advising both international and local clients in the home jurisdiction. At the end of our discussion, Francesco gives us some tips to consider when working with Italian colleagues or clients. I hope you enjoy our interview. Good morning. I'm happy to uh, welcome Francesco Portolano to the podcast today. Good morning, Francesco. Good morning. Um, could you tell our listeners where you are sitting in the world today as we speak? Um, I'm in Milan. I've been working in Rome for a long time, and now I live and work in Milan. Okay. Could you tell our listeners what you consider your home culture to be, the culture from you know, which you look out in the world? Well, Italy is, um, uh, from a legal point of view, well, I suppose you want to know more about the legal point of view of it. We can do both. Um, we can do both, personal okay. and legal, because they, they, you can't always divide them, I would say. Okay. Yes. Well, I guess you're right. In fact, what I was going to say about legal, I think it applies about other things as well. Italy is, um, I think, it's a sophisticated countries in many ways, and uh and a country that has, uh, you know, and, and, and the people of Italy are um, sophisticated, but also 
unfortunately uh, not too pragmatic sometimes and they uh, you know they really like questions of principle and uh, and so sometimes they like you know they get lost in uh, you know in theories and in uh, inability to actually focus on uh, solutions and uh, and you see this in the in the in the fighting of our politicians that is uh, for example, it's crazy to understand from the outside. Uh, I think that applies to to the legal profession as well. I think uh, Italian lawyers are, Italian practitioners are, uh, you know, generally speaking, very sophisticated. They take a very sophisticated uh, education, uh, legal education. Um, but when they get out of law school, most lawyers, not all lawyers, frankly, miss uh, completely miss a pragmatic understanding of what they do with the tools that they've learned. Okay. And um, and in fact, this is, I think, one of the most difficult challenges for uh, for a lawyer, for us, as, uh, for example, as a law firm, to to teach lawyers that they actually are there to to find solutions, not to not to say no. I think this is a, true for legal professionals to some extent around the world. You know, lawyers are considered naysayers more than anything, <laughs> but it is very true for 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 Italy more than in other places because, again, that. Attitude that comes from the way from what you learn in law school mm-hmm. is really matches our first our, our 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 general culture. The fact that we are very very theoretical, very much uh, you know up for taking a fight but not for finding a solution or something like that. So. Okay. Let me ask you a question on, on a personal level. When you um, think about yourself and how you view the world, is, would you say then it's primarily from an Italian point of view? Or, 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 or is it broader view on a personal level? I, on a personal level, I actually have a, you know, I'm, you know, I'm married to a U.S. Uh, to a U.S. lady, and uh, I culturally, you know, during, uh, you know, my formation years, so to speak, so in law school and when I was younger, I also had, uh, you know, I, I took a very much broader view. I mean, I I, I truly feel myself uh, a citizen of Naples, where I was born, and a citizen of Italy, uh, and but also a citizen of Europe, and in a much broader sense of citizen of the world. I don't, I, don't, I really think that um, you know, I really see myself uh, as uh, in that way, and I don't think any of those is conflicting with any of the others. I think you could be uh, the four and uh, and. Any problem. So I, I take a much broader view. I think it's it's much more helpful. I think it's much more healthy, to be frank, and it's much more useful in terms of uh, uh, of my work and everything. And and that's what I have consistently done over the years since law school. I was in a law school association, the European Law Students Association, and uh, where I really uh, had a lot of fun and and I learned a lot. And and uh, and in the work, I've done I've done the same. And personally, also I've done the same since I married the lady from the U.S. So. Sure. That, uh, that happens to people, I would say. Uh, could you t- I, I know. <laughs> can you tell us, have you um, spent time uh, in other countries, I mean, beyond vacation, you know, working, studying abroad? Yes, I have. I worked three years in Chicago. I was, uh, I did, I did an LLM at University of Chicago and I was one of the, one of a few ever part-time students there because at the same time I was working at, uh, with a law firm. And uh, and then uh, after the LLM finished, and so I wasn't a very good student to be frank. I, I missed that opportunity, uh, but but I had to do it. Uh, and uh, and then after the LLM finished, I stayed on in Chicago for two more years. So I lived in Chicago three years in the in the mid in the end of the nineties, okay. second half of the nineties. Could you tell us during your time, both studying then and working in in the U.S. 
Um, what are some of the differences you perceive between your own, you know, Italian background, I would say, and that of the U.S. while you were there? Again, like culture, you know, more in a broader, broader sense and, and professionally. I think there's a lot of differences, actually, as one would expect, and, and that's why I thought it was very interesting. Chicago is also a peculiar place because, of course, in the States, you know, there are many different different ways of, of, of you know, I, I guess of seeing the world as, as in everywhere, really. But uh, for, in, a, in a broader way, I think Chicago was, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, people are some stereotypes that people have are are are, are true to some extent. You know, people are uh, are not uh, here. They're more. It's easier to make friends, and and it's uh, here in Italy. I mean, it's easier to make friends, and uh, especially at that age when I was there, which is I mean, which is a last twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it you know it's easier to make friends. So I found myself hanging out mostly with the foreigners okay. uh, that were there. There were a bunch of foreigners, and uh, although I did make some very good friends that I'm still in contact with. And um, from from a professional point of view, uh, I think it was, you know, very different in the sense that, that again, that approach reflected in, uh, also impacted on the, on the, in the, the way we worked. For example, I mean, here, here in Italy, people, you know, in, in firms, you know, hang out a lot together. Okay. During work and after work, so they, for example, they, you know, you have long hours. Uh, sometimes you could stay less in the office, but you know, you have to stay longer because you you stayed, you know, for an hour for lunch or with your friends or colleagues, and and you maybe did some chit chatting during the day, and and that never happened in the office. Uh, I also learned a lot, as I said, in terms of you know people were very different. I mean, in terms of uh, how they approached work, and you know, maybe they were, were not as good as lawyers in the strictly technical sense. They were, didn't have the academic background that you have when you graduate from a place like Italy. But they were very, very determined. They were very practical. They were very solution oriented, and that was uh, an incredible learning experience for me. Uh, that uh, you know, I you know, I remember working with this lady, and she really would not take no for an answer. So, <laughs> so we worked and worked around him at some point, and this was a colleague actually who was an associate and as a senior associate, and uh, and it was very interesting. And only I sort of that sort of really stayed with me and and over the years I really you know has uh you know has leavened so to speak has become uh, very useful because I took very much of that approach with me back okay so you you took this can do uh no not taking no for an answer approach back with you to Italy uh, from that time there that's that's absolutely yeah. absolutely um absolutely. could you tell us where you work now and what your area of specialty is I am fortunate enough to have been able to uh, start uh, with a few colleagues my own law firm 16 years ago in 2001, and uh, to to be fair, to be to be doing what I wanted to do 100%. Uh, you know, I wanted to do a, to to found a firm that was uh, unique in many respects in the in the inter- interactions between colleagues and and with the clients. And I found it was unique in terms of uh, the way we, you know, the way we worked and the way we deployed work and the way we thought about work and everything. And and in fact, I think we've been very successful in that. I've been very lucky because I think luck, luck is always an important factor in life. Okay. And we've been very lucky and fortunate. But at the same time, we 
you know, we have worked extremely hard at it and, uh, you know, to keep uh, with our principles and not be distracted. And, and we also worked very hard with a lot of passion and energy and uh, relentlessly for these 16 years. And so we today are uh, immodestly, I can say, the leading firm in the digital slash media space uh, for, for the sector. So we do, you know, we are full service for the sector, mm-hmm. and we has uh, we have recently expanded into life sciences because of uh, some interesting and obvious uh, crossovers uh, between technology and life sciences today, and and we plan to we play we try we will try to be the leading space firm in this in that space as well, and we'll we'll see whether we we'll succeed, but we certainly will try very hard at it. Very I personally am an M and A lawyer, okay. and, uh, so in in these sectors. Okay, um, can you tell us? So, in the technology field, um, what other cultures have you worked with during your legal career? You know, advising clients from other places. I the firm is a lot of the work. I mean, a lot of me. I'm meaning to give a sort of a rough number. I mean, maybe sixty or sixty-five percent of the work is for foreign clients, okay. uh, foreign companies, and so. The firm is very, very international the, the way we work. So we have expo- we've been exposed to clients from different, many different places. The, the majority of them is the U.S., but we also have clients that you know from Germany, United Kingdom, France, um, Asia, Japan, for example. So, you know, the question is, what have I learned? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, I think. Um, I think I, we love the U.S. clients. I think I think they by far the the companies that are best managed and they are uh, most professionals. And the manager, are, generally speaking, of course, the, and making a generalization, the the people that are uh, you know better at this. So there is a reason why the U.S. is where it is now. We believe uh, again they are uh, organized, they are uh, solution oriented, they are pragmatic. They understand the value that a lawyer brings, uh, and that's uh, very important, especially nowadays for for where for, for where the legal profession is. Yeah, uh, and 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 I think the I think so. We take really extreme pleasure in uh, working with uh, clients from uh, from from this. This this generally speaking applies also to the other jurisdictions I mentioned: mm-hmm. France, Germany, Japan. And um, and the United Kingdom, uh, where again in all these places, and so it's not a coincidence that we are actually so much focused towards this jurisdiction because these are places where you know uh, clients are sophisticated and they really know the difference between a lawyer and a bad lawyer, and uh, they really know what can you bring to the table if you if you really know the stuff you're dealing with, and uh, and so we really enjoy working with them, and I think. Um, you know, culture as a firm, again, given the habit of working with the U.S., we are more geared toward that. And so we have a lot of, uh, you know, our people study in the U.S., uh, that we send them into comments to the U.S. And so that is extremely, extremely useful. And and I think that makes a difference over long term also when you're dealing with Italian clients, because at the end of the day, people like solution-oriented people, because at the end of the day, people come to firms because they have problems. So sure. Italian, even Italian clients <laughs> are really appreciate that because at the end of the day, they want a, a problem solve assessing. So okay. I think that's something that has been quite unique. Uh, that's one of the things that has made us unique, you know, this uh, foreign focus that has actually helped us uh, extremely well, uh, really a lot locally. 
Okay. I really, you know, we don't work much with Asia, fortunately. We have done some work with Japanese clients, and that I think has been extremely interesting because they are, uh, you know, they are, uh, you know, I, I guess that's a function of what, of how much the lawyers' prof- legal profession there is. Uh, it's respected, and it's mm-hmm. extremely interesting to work with them. They are also they're difficult to understand for a series of reasons. They have a very different culture from us, uh, obviously. Uh, but you know, again, extremely professional, extremely respectful, uh, and uh, it's 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 always a pleasure for us to to, to work with clients from uh, from Japan. Uh, and so we we would like to expand that. But, you yeah, know, sure. That takes time. So yeah, you have to you have to invest in that one. I mean, time and, and efforts. Let me ask you a follow exactly. up to that, since you you've mentioned all these different cultures. Do you have any observations about? I mean, you've mentioned this, but I'd like maybe a bit more specifically about how you've had to adapt the way you advise and communicate with clients from other cultures. I mean, it sounds like you have um, taken on a lot of the very U.S. approach to lawyering within the Italian context. Um, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, but can you, can you I mean, maybe give a, a little bit of an example, you know, of how maybe if you, if you hadn't had that perspective, how um, if you were a purely Italian firm, really mostly working locally and now had to adapt and tell, you know, a German, an American, a Japanese about, you know, you're coming to Italy to invest and, and, and to kind of translate how it works in Italy to them. Have you any observations about how you do that? Yeah, well, one one thing that uh, it's typical of lawyers certainly here is that uh, they take it for granted that, uh, well, I guess we're trained to think that the solutions that are offered locally and that the law locally is is rational and, and makes perfect sense. And therefore, we, I guess, we think that Somebody that comes from the outside would see it as rational as we see it rational, okay. uh, you know, and, and and that's absolutely not true for whatever reason. And, and in fact, I learned this when I when I was in the states when uh, some when I was a student there, and some of the things that the, that the professor was explaining and was saying how how logical they were, they seemed completely crazy to me with my Italian legal background. <laughs> And so then, so then I realized that you know what we think it's obvious and and it's perfect solution. It's actually it could be very different for different reasons, different cultures, different legal systems, and everything. So one of the things we do is we try to we always explain to our lawyers, guys, you know, you think this makes sense, but people don't know. People don't really think that, think that way, and they have different backgrounds. So you know, even silly things, you know, the way you incorporate a company, or or or, or you don't realize that you have a lot of background that you mean locally that, that helps you understand things and helps you, and you know, and so you can say five words, but actually there are, you know a million in your background, in your mind that help you understand. They don't have it. You know, they're Japanese poor guys. They have sure. a different system. You know, I wish, you know, try, you go to Japan and try to incorporate a company and see how it happens. So we always insist in this and it's really to a very, uh, to, to, you know, to very much the point. However, more practically, you know, what we try to do is, and, and this is typical of lawyers, and I think lawyers, people complain about lawyers, uh, you know, about for this uh, around the world, which is, you know, they, they write in an arcade way and they don't understand, you know, they, what, they, what they write, they don't, you know, it's not understandable. So what we make an effort, and this, of course, this is an example, something that works well with Italians at the end as well. But, you know, we, for example, I always tell everybody that works in the firm, and it comes in the firm laterally, you know, we need to be clear. And one very specific example, okay. you know, if I have an opinion, we don't do many opinions nowadays anymore, but if I have somebody ask me an opinion, a memorandum or something, we always will have an executive summary. 
So we, you know, some firms use the short questions or short answers and stuff like that. We also think that that is obsolete. So we have an executive summary, one page that will tell you four or five things that you need to know that answers your question. But beyond that, on top of that, before the executive summary, we will have two lines that say, you asked me this, you will see that this is doable or is not doable or is problematic, but we can fix it, something like that. Okay. So two lines, so they know what they're reading. Sure. And if we're getting that as a PDF, for example, as an attachment to the email, the email will say that as well, so that people understand. So the point is, we will try to give the, per the person the answer, period. And then, of course, we can take the legal reasoning for us. If the client is interesting, we can write 50 pages on it and something like that. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to use other ways of delivering content, you like PowerPoint, you know, mm -hmm. we don't, we think that they're, they're, you know, use, use graphics maybe to some extent. Of course, it's difficult for a lawyer to shift to that, sure. but you know, for us, it's been, it's been, you know, it's, it's a nice thing that we're trying and, and, and clients we think do appreciate it. They do understand better. And, uh, and, you know, if we really, if you really, break it down to the building blocks, you know, and don't take anything for granted. I think that uh, that's one way that we try to be, uh, you know, to be really clear to the people that we try to serve. Let me ask you another question that just popped up as you were speaking. You know, you, as you said, your practice focuses on the technology sector. Do you think that that's forced you uh, to be even more innovative? You know, you just mentioned using PowerPoint or just other digital methods to communicate. Um, it's kind of forced your game on that to be even uh, maybe more ready for that than most traditional lawyers may be, based also on our education. We don't learn these things. I totally think so. Okay. I totally think so for two reasons. One is, let's say, the, the delivery and the tools that we use, you know, frankly, we think sometimes that we look ridiculous if we, if you go, you know, if you, we work for emerging technology company, we, emerging companies, we work with, uh, you know, the companies that are at the forefront of what they do in their in their field. You know, it for us, it's frankly sometimes we think we look silly. You know, we 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 go there and we say we are the technology experts. We know your language. We know your stuff, and we really do. And then we can't deliver the memo in the good old-fashioned ways, you know, 15 pages. You don't know where the answer is, and, and maybe with a with a letterhead, you know, and you know the, the the letterhead that is black and white and stuff like that. So we think we sort of need to go with the flow because otherwise, you know, we need to be the same. Like we need, they need to look at at us and think that we're similar. So that's the delivery. I think in a broader sense that. Our focus on this in the digital media field has helped us really open our mind because you know we really deal with stuff that that is crazy. You know, it changes every two years. I mean, the business models and the technology. I mean, if you, if you think about what happened two years ago, and again, not five or ten, yeah. two years ago was completely different. So that has really changed the way we have to approach. Because if we apply the models and the ideas and the and the cases that where you know prominent five, ten years, two years ago, our answer will always be no, 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 no. Because we, we're tackling problems that are new every six months. Yeah. And so we really need to sort of find new ways, new solutions and, and be innovative. And you know and, and and so and and so this has really helped, you know, thinking in a broader in a broader way, in a more open way and and that has really made the difference, I think, for the firm. Uh, you know, we are known for that. Yeah. Uh, you know be at the forefront of, uh, of these kind of issues. And another thought comes to mind. You obviously, you know, are always, always probably looking for new young lawyers.
legal talent to join you. Um, and I'm wondering how your observations are about the state of legal education in Italy compared to what you need your lawyers to be able to do on a daily basis. I'm guessing you have to do a lot of internal training to bring them from this very theoretical background to a very pragmatic approach. I am going to be sort of a counter to more, what most people would say, that they need more practical education in law school and everything like that. I, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think the theoretical background is, is uh, given our system. Of course, different systems are, are you know, are different. But, you know, in our system, people that come out of law school and have done law school well, and I, well not necessarily means having good grades because, you know, you can get good grades and not be smart in the way we want you to be smart. But, but you know, you need to come out of law school to be successful with us, let's put it this way. You need to come out of law schools with an incredibly good academic background. Mm-hmm. And the legal education in either in this respect is perfect if you want to do it the right way. So they, they offer the right courses and and the professors are good. Some of them are great. Some of them are not so good, but on average, they're good. Mm-hmm. So, so we very, I'm very satisfied with legal education locally, and we have system. You know, we have an interview system that really identifies the right people for us. Okay. If you have these tools, and if you're smart, and we sort of test you in the interview to be able to then switch immediately to a, to what we need, which is somebody who will think openly about things, and somebody will who will be able to apply the solutions to the the, the law, the rules the actual matters that we will uh, throw at you because we test that in the interview and to be frank we don't fail on any young candidate okay. we don't fail on any, we have a 100 percent success rate of course we need to do a lot of training because but, that, but that's expect i wouldn't want people that were practic more practical i mean i find people that are practical would they need training anyhow because yeah, you know sure. the, whatever they can learn in law school will be different from what they do so the point is i went to law school give me the technical background give them the academic background and if they're smart and pragmatic persons in the, you know by themselves we will get the best out of them and this works 100% for us i mean you know the, the people you know the people work come to work with us and they one are working at real matters and they're really solving problems because they we was then of course we teach them that and there's a lot of trading in that sense. Yeah, you also mentioned that you do have um, uh, secondments and other things, so you also ensure that your young people go out in the world a little bit to experience it from another perspective, which probably helps them even become better advisors. Would you support that? Position? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. For us, it's extremely important that people have an op- you know open they're open to other 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 jurisdictions and learning in other places. So there's a common or a master's or something like that, if, that's a, if I understood correctly the question. Mm-hmm. Because it really is, uh, it really is a, a way, there's two levels always of this. You know, the, what the lower level is, you have more familiarity with the people that are going to be your clients because, you know, as I say, you go to London, to the U.S., you know, your clients are going to be, given the firm that we are, a lot of them are going to be from the U.S., so you have more familiarity, you better improve the language. So this is useful and it's great. However, there's a more a higher level that sort of breeds in the longer term great results, which is you really have a better understanding of the legal system. So that's a, that's a, you have a better understanding of the way they think about the 
tough. There's a better understanding. And you're a better lawyer locally because, you know, you tackle things in a different way. You 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 see problems in a different way. And some of the, you know, and, and in fact, we use this a lot even, even uh, you know, we're very open, I guess, even given the fact that we have to look at new things. Sure. A, lot of case, a lot of times we don't have case law here. And so we look at cases from Germany, cases from France, cases from uh, the U.S. Because you know, for example, you have a decision on whatever the, the some new technology that has come out, and and there's nothing yet in Italy. And, and of course, you will look at, at that case law, which a lot of people here will think it's crazy because you know, different legal system, different laws to begin with, different cultures. So what do you do with it? And in fact, we look at it a lot, and we think it really improves our lawyering locally. So we are 100% open to, to the way we work, you know, the way we look at other countries, because we think it makes us, you know, 200% better lawyers than, than, than we would normally be without. You know, if we, if we kept looking at our little space, you know, our little jurisdiction, and, and that's it. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I would say, an interesting perspective, you know, also looking forward, that people need to probably consider looking beyond their jurisdictions to help First of all, solve problems that maybe not all jurisdictions have looked at yet or had the time to legislate over. Yeah, um, the, especially in the technology field, which we all know evolves so quickly, um, the legislative process couldn't keep up with it if they wanted to. <laughs> I mean, there's just yeah. not enough time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna. Um, this is really my final question. Could you um, give our listeners three tips about working with clients and colleagues from Italy? Uh, if if I'm advising an Italian, what are some things I need to be aware of about maybe how they think and tick that would help me be a better advisor? Yeah, well, the one thing I um, that comes to mind, I don't know if I have three, I'll think about it but okay. as I go, but the first one that comes to mind is Italians get heated up easily. Okay. So, and I've had, uh, and I've had people from other countries uh, sort of uh, be afraid, be afraid of that in the sense that they get heated up. They get in a discussion, and they think it's you know the end of deal, or 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 you will you have you know uh, made made an enemy of the other side. That's not the way it is. I mean, reality is that you know we have that's the way we discuss in some ways. So okay. so I would say not be too worried about when things heat up a little bit because you know that's the way people discuss, and it goes back to what I said first. You know, people everything looks like a huge matter of principle and at the end of the day, maybe it isn't and at the end of the day, you'll be great friends no matter what. Okay. So that's one thing. I guess the second tip will be, uh, will be connected to what I said before. I mean, so if you're working uh, for Italian clients, they are used, uh, I guess it's the reverse of what I said before. You know, they, they may not be, they, of course they want solutions, but they are um, they are not so I, I think the the, U, the average US lawyer would seem too direct and too pragmatic to them. So maybe you need to sort of uh, do some explaining and you need to sort of show that you need uh, you know that, that you know what you're talking about uh, because they would I would guess that in some cases Italian clients, for example, would be surprised if they only received, you know, a short memo with the answers or something like that. They would really want to see that there is the back, the back of it, which is, you know, the the long explanation and the long analysis of the law. Okay. So I would clarify that with any Italian client, frankly, because uh, not all of them are, uh, you know, not all of them are so, you know, are yet so at the point where they don't care about that that they simply want a solution and that's it. 
So that's 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 that I think are the two main things that I would think uh, in uh, when when dealing with an Italian client. I mean, again, we're talking about a foreign legal partition with an Italian client. Yeah, right. I, I don't think there's any major things. Uh, of course, Italian companies that go abroad are sophisticated enough. So other than that, I would expect them to be uh, somewhat similar uh, to other. The other thing, final thing is. Um, it is important. So there is a social aspect to to this, which is, and I guess this is true for everybody, maybe to some extent. But it is a, there is a social aspect to this. So Italian Italians would think that you know you would have to take them. So there's things like going to dinner or something like that. I think it is important for for a client to for an Italian client out of uh, courtesy. We are a more formal jurisdiction in a way, more formal country in a way. So you know if you if you're a client and you're a guest and you're abroad then the client would expect some sort of uh, paying attention in that way, which maybe people would do it normally. But probably working on the relationship a little bit, not just keeping exactly. a, a business focused. Exactly. Okay. That's 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 exactly what I was trying to mean. Yes, absolutely. Great. Well, Francesco, um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, if listeners would like to contact you, what would be the best way for them to to look you up? My wife complains that I'm always on email, so I guess that's the best way to contact me. Okay. Uh, email is uh, email is uh, I'm always on it. I I, so I process it very well, and, uh, okay. and so no everybody gets an answer. I'll put that in the show notes so that they can contact you if they if they feel the need. Then thank you so Absolutely. much for spending time talking to me, and um, have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Interculturally of Council podcast. If you wish for more information about it, you can contact me via my website at www.culturalcrossing.com. If you have enjoyed the content, please take a moment to give the podcast a rating on the iTunes store or wherever you have found the podcast in order to make it visible to other potential listeners. Also, please feel free to share it with other legal professionals who might find the subject matter of this podcast interesting. Special thanks go to Lucien Stanislas for the original theme music and to Sandra Cuevas who designed the logo. Music